Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Canines Talking Sense. I'm your host, Cameron Ford. Welcome to this podcast episode, episode number 71. I'm here at a school in Las Vegas with a couple of school police with today's day and age with what's going on and what happened in Texas and in many other places, I wanted to have an opportunity to talk to a program of canine teams that have been doing this for a while, protecting students in schools and doing so with a canine program. So with that said, I would like to introduce Officer Woodland and Officer Cook to the podcast. Welcome, guys. Thank you for coming on. Good afternoon. Thank you very much for having us. So you guys have had a canine program here for a while. And, uh, you know, I'll let you guys and Officer Woodland, I'll let you kind of start with, you know, how long has the program been in existence? You were one of the original handlers. Um, Talk to us a little bit about what a school canine program is and and what you guys do and, and how it's been for you so far and how many years you've been doing it. Okay. Um, basically, we started the um, canine program back in December 2018. Um, it was original four officers, and there was off um, firearm dogs. We added two narcotics dogs in 2000 and... No, a year and a half ago. Yeah. 2020. Yeah. So we, 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 we um, started two, narc- two narcotics pro- um, dogs programs. Um, I've been doing it for four years with the Clark County School District Police Department. And um, first, the main function was the safety issue of protecting the property and the students and the staff members and visitors who come on the property. The second aspect of it is going out and taking your dog and and greeting the kids and talking to your kids about the danger of, you know, you see a gun, what should you do? Um, and just building relationships with kids. And, and using a canine was a great bridge to, you know, yeah. To, to build that relationship. And I like starting out with kids in the elementary, get to them early. So once mm-hmm. they get to the high school, middle school, they're going to remember you and they're going to trust you. And you help, and you already, you already built that rapport with those kids. So, and I'm going to continue doing that with my new assigned canine. Sure. So this is my second dog. And my first dog was King. Mm-hmm. And my second dog is Diamond. Okay. Which. I got from Cameron and went through his training. So. <laughs> I might know a little bit about Diamond, uh, you know. <laughs> but, um, and basically, I mean, our, our job is to go out and protect and, 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 and secure the schools and make, make sure that our kids feel comfortable coming to school and feel safe mm-hmm. so they can learn. Yeah, for sure. And Officer Cook, tell us a little bit about you're the newer one, but you yes, also do... Right. Um, and we'll link it. You actually have a pretty, pretty big, you know, following in social media uh, because you do a lot of public outreach with your dog Oreo. So everybody, uh, there's a little tongue-in-cheek aspect to this. His last name is spelled C O O K E, so people always confuse it as Cookie usually, yes, right? Yes. And so of course we had to name the dog Oreo, right? Yes. <laughs> so uh, tell us a little bit about you know Oreo and and you and what you guys have been do- doing this first year and a little bit about the public ad- outreach aspect of this. Okay. Um, I mean, just like Officer Woodland said, you know, our department's motto 
has always been prevention before apprehension. You know, trying to keep trying to reach the kids before it gets to the point to where as the law enforcement aspect comes in and we end up having to arrest, transport, book, and put a criminal action on a, on a juvenile. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm the new one of the newest members on the team. I've only been on the team for a year and a half. Um, as far as the social media aspect, a lot of that came from Ford K9 because you endorsed us on Instagram. You know, it helped our <laughs> our, our little Instagram to blow up. Yep. He's just getting you to, to not pound your hand. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> uh, it helped our Instagram, it helped our Instagram to, to, to grow up. Um, Officer Woodland, again, they've been doing this a lot longer than I have with the firearms uh, dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, school district ended up bringing in narcotics dogs specifically because um, they saw the need. Yeah. They saw the need. And fortunately, you know, in the Clark County School District, we don't have a major problem when it comes to narcotics. Sure. You know, it's just like with anything else. You know, one kid tries it, he tells his friends, his mm-hmm. friends try it, and we have little pop-ups that take place throughout the valley. Yeah. Um, so Oreo and I, you know, as far as the narcotics team, you know, with the firearms team, you know, the school district superintendent has created a program to whereas we go into the schools and we do randoms. Mm-hmm. So a random list comes out once a week. When that random list comes out, we go into four schools, go into two classrooms. Uh, the students are asked to leave out. It's totally random. The dogs go in and they look for narcotics, they look for firearms. Mm-hmm. Um, fortunately, the firearms dogs have been doing a phenomenal job. Fortunately, in the school district, we haven't been getting a lot of narcotics. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, prevention before apprehension. Yeah. And so by taking Oreo in and getting to know the kids, spending that quality time with them, them seeing an officer in the school, them interacting with the dog, it creates a relationship to whereas they not only see Officer Cook and Officer Oreo, Officer Woodland and Officer Diamond, mm-hmm. but they look at us as different and they see us as something that's approachable. Yes. Which gives them the ability to be able to go up to other police officers, other school police officers, and other police officers in the community to be able to talk to them. Yeah. And so it's that, that communication aspect. No, and it's huge. Obviously, we know law enforcement has had a public image problem for quite some time now. Yes. And I would say, there are so many people that are happy that law enforcement is in schools and school police and officers that work in schools are going to be ones who are probably going to make the biggest impact in a change that occurs for law enforcement and the public image aspect. So, you know, you guys are just because the existence of your program are kind of leading away in just like you talked about uh, bridging the gap through communication. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's huge to see. And like I said, you know, you kind of took, you know, I got to help even pick you out when you were applying for the uh, position to become a handler. Yes. And that was a lot of fun. And the first thing I knew about you was you were very open and you like communicating, you you engage with your dog really well, you weren't afraid to be silly and, and mm-hmm. get out there and do stuff. Um, and I've seen that now translate as now you've been a handler uh, without outreach. So of course, it'll be down below in the screen, uh, your you know Instagram handle, so that way people can find <laughs> you. But you've done a huge aspect in the public information and public contact aspect. You don't just do school stuff. You go out to anything where most of these kids are at. So what kind of motivated you to, because no one told you to go do this, no. you just started doing it. Talk a little bit about your background and how you got it. Like what drives you to bridge that gap with the community and do what you do with canine to do that? Well, I mean, I, I can basically kind of take it back to I was originally a children's church pastor for about 12 years, and then I was a youth pastor over the middle schoolers and the high schoolers for about six years. Mm-hmm. And then I've been a Clark County School District police officer for 23 years. 
And so pretty much my entire life has kind of been dedicated to, to kids. Mm -hmm. And then coming into this detection world, coming into this canine world, I really didn't have any preconceived notions. Yeah. You know, I'll tell you this little tidbit. Before I came onto the unit, when I was even thinking about being a canine handler, I went to your podcast and I just streamed and just, <laughs> I mean, it was almost like going to bed with the, with the headphones on, just listening to podcasts. <laughs> and one of the things that I remember that kind of stuck out on a lot of the podcasts was, as a handler, to be successful, you have to be willing to accept failure. Yes. You have to be willing to be teachable, and you have to be willing to know, hey, I'm wrong and I don't know. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. when I went into it, I went into it uh, kind of in the blind, and detection, canine, it's, what I started to realize is started to be, it's kind of like a, a mystique. Like a lot of people look at dogs, and they always see the, the tag on the dog that says, do not pet. You know, and they see the dogs running around. But it's very seldom they, they get an opportunity to be able to talk to an actual canine handler. Mm -hmm. And so I would find that when I would go in and I would talk to students or if I would and I would talk to staff, they were in awe that the dog was approachable. They yeah. were in awe of the fact that, you know, the dog would search and then they would say, well, you know, does he live with you? And where does he live? And, and they, they, you must be really mean to be a handler because the dog can't interact with anyone. <laughs> and, you know, so there were a lot of a lot of preconceived notions about sure. being a handler yep. and about detection dogs. And so I started to kind of open up and do presentations and talk to kids and talk to staff. And then I had kids that were saying, well, where does Oreo live? And does he sleep in your bed? And does he eat popcorn? And does he come in your house? And what happens when you finally retire? And what does this car look like? And wait a minute, where is he at? He's in the car. He's in the car. Uh, it's, it's, is the air conditioning on? Is the car running? And so when I started to see that there was a lot of um, – public curiosity mm -hmm. as far as what does the dog do? What does the handler do? I said, okay, well, I'll create this YouTube channel. I mean, this Instagram. Mm -hmm. And it started off with me doing actually a YouTube uh -huh. of a video where I read a book to the dog. <laughs> and then I sent that out to the kids because during COVID, we mm -hmm. do a lot of reading week. Off of Woodland does yeah. it all the time. And we couldn't go into the schools and read to the kids. Yeah. And so once I did the YouTube channel and they actually – were receptive to it. I said, okay, well, let me do an Instagram. And then I did the Instagram and kids, I, it was easier to look at kids and say, oh yeah, go to his Instagram and you'll be able to see his car and his house. And then when I got together with you and you introduced it to the canine detection community, yeah. that just started to blow it up. And then more and more and more, I saw that that interaction with the kids on the Instagram kind of opened up this door to the kids being more receptive to not only Officer Cookie and Officer Oreo, but to other canine officers and other officers. No, and that's huge, being able to be relatable. Yes. You know, they see that you're a normal person. They see that you have a normal life. They see that you you do normal things. You're not just arresting people. You're not out there, you know, um, like you said, being unapproachable, you, yes. you are very normal. Yes. And that, I think, is a part that has been missing in law enforcement is the normalcy of it for us. You know, I got out of law enforcement now, gosh, I guess it's six or seven years ago, and we weren't at that level yet. It was coming, the the, the start of a lot of the things that have happened. Um, so to see the change in the reception of law enforcement and to see things like what you guys are doing, working in a school, um, especially in this day and age when safety is important, but then also being that important, that huge bridge between community and law enforcement. And I know, Kevin, so uh, I want to talk to you about, you know, talk about when you started the program, how did, how was it received, number one, and then two, what did you guys do to kind of 
connect with the community. You know, I know Cook got to come into this a little bit later right. into it, but you know, I'll let you go go from there. Um, I mean, the the students and staff members. I mean, we was welcome in every school. Um, my goal was to go out and be a positive image to the students, where mm-hmm. they can come and talk to me and ask me questions about my dog. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing I would say, it's kind of funny because I remember this one kid, you know, my first time going to a school, walking a dog in, they was like, that's not a canine because they're always looking for the, sure. the, for big the German ear, the yeah. big pointy-eared German mm-hmm. Shepherd. So I had to explain to them that, you know, dogs come in all different shapes and sizes and they do different jobs. So in my first year, my main goal was what's Cook doing now is bridging that, commu- that gap and going out talking to kids because once you talk to the kids, you can get to the parents. Sure. And um, there's there was events I would attend and talk to the parents about, you know, our canine program, what do we do and how we do it. And the main goal is, again, to protect our, our, our students, our mm-hmm. kids that mm-hmm. come to school every day mm-hmm. so they feel comfortable coming to school. And um, the, the like I said, the one thing that, you know, coming from a, a traditional police department where, you know, you arrest and you book and you go on to the next one. Yeah. This here, you can basically, as a school police officer, you basically can change someone's life. You can help someone um, at an early age. And before I became a canine officer, I was in the community um, community relations. So I was going out, seeing kids, doing different things with kids. And it feels great when you see a kid now that's 21, 22 years old. Oh, yeah. And they graduate for, from the police academy. Because you, yeah. because you, you have con- you have positive contact with that kid, and and they wanted to be a police officer and do the exact same thing. So now having a dog make it a lot more easier because the dog is going to get all the attention. Yeah, and, and I know as you know, usually when we go to events, um, the fire department show up with their big fire trucks, and then you got the motors with their motorcycles. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They get all the attention. Yeah, of course. But when you bring your dogs out. <laughs> then now they're, they're behind you guys. Yeah, so yeah. 100%. So it, it, it's great that I, I'm really happy that I, um, the school district started K-9 program. And not only just, to, like I said, to protect the schools, but also you, you build a relationship with these kids mm-hmm. and, and they can ask you questions and see that you're approachable and mm-hmm. you're a human being just like them. You know, they're like, what you eat? I'm like, <laughs> I eat donuts and yeah, chicken. Yeah, and yeah, I eat, do, what, what do you what eat? Like, exactly, so, same stuff that you and, guys do. And, and, but kids don't realize that. But it's it's fun dealing with kids and going out and talking to kids every day. Yeah, so. no. the Well, here's an important one that people will probably want to know. Before the school ha- or school police had dogs, how did that happen? How did you guys go from no dogs to right? I think you guys started with four, correct? Okay. And our good friend uh, uh, Mel English was the one that who was a retired metro officer and just start helped get your guys' program started. Um, how did it go about? Uh, where you guys? Because obviously you were there. You, both you guys were there before the school had a canine program. How did it come about? What was the things that made it happen? You know, because there's probably going to be a lot of canine handlers that either work for a department or maybe even work for school police, and they want to know how to go about doing this and what was successful to take it from zero dogs to four and then now to where you're at. Well, he was in the beginning. I can tell you when, when, when they first started talking about canine, 
I've been in the district for 20-something years. I never thought that would have happened. Yeah. Because I was under the same misconception that everyone was. Shepherds and Malamars, white yes. dogs. Yeah. And so when I remember when you yeah. came on, I was like, wow, okay, it's going to happen. Yeah, because they came to me, I want to say in 2017, and said, hey, we want to start a canine program. I start doing some research. So I reached out to all the agencies in the, in the county, on Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department, Henderson mm-hmm. Police Department, North Las Vegas, and say, hey, and, and look how they model their program okay. and what we can do. Um, one, I, I knew the chief didn't want pointier dogs. He wanted floppier dogs that mm-hmm. look friendlier so the kids can approach us and talk to us. Yep. So that was, the, that was the number one. That was his number one goal. So my goal was to go out and find dogs with floppy ears that sure. can do the job. Um, from there, it, it, was a, it, was, it was two years in planning. One year in plan because okay. we end up we end up um, starting the program in December 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, so it took a lot of planning and it took a lot of 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 me and other officers reaching out to other agencies. Okay, what do we need? What mm-hmm. type of vehicles we need? Mm-hmm. Um, what's the, the the biggest cost for us for a canine program was the vehicle and the dog itself. Yep, everything else is manageable because we have a. Um, the department pays for everything yeah uh, from the veterinarian to the dog food the care and maintenance of the dog is it's all taken care of so and as a canine handler it, it's a big responsibility because we are responsible for this dog 24 7. Mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it's like you know for me it was a big change in my life because i had an empty nest my kids was off in okay. college yep and then i get this dog and i like it's like having a kid all over <laughs> again. Yeah, you have to plan. I had to actually plan my life around my dog because mm-hmm. I wanted to keep my dog on a, uh, on a certain schedule. If, I mean, from feeding at 6 o'clock in the morning, walking them at 7 o'clock in the morning, and then the same thing in the evening time. Mm-hmm. I do the exact same thing. So if people want to go, yeah, I, I tell officers, if you want to go in the canine, it's a, it's a huge responsibility. Oh, yeah. So it's just not like you're going to take this dog – put it up and be done that yep. dog is part of your life yep. and and with diamond diamond bonded with me so quickly yeah it was, it, was, it was amazing so i mean yeah. but and cook his dog i cook dog <laughs> just love him i like <laughs> well you know what was amazing to me was that when i got my dog wooden looked at me and he said okay when you get this dog it's like having a three-year-old and i was like okay so i got ready to leave for work one day and i was like okay i got your bag i got your bottle i got your toys i got your treats i got your wipes it's like a freaking three-year-old. Oh yeah, it's really like having a three-year-old. And yeah, he's 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 absolutely right. Yeah. No, and you know what you guys bring up is that's a lot of things that people don't see. There's a lot of people who want to be canine handlers, right? And they think there's a lot of cool stuff about it, and there is. But man, is there a ton of work. Ton. So, Just so, imagine walking around with poop bags in your in your pocket, yep. picking up poop. And, <laughs> so, I mean, that comes with the job. If you want, I mean, to me, you have to be dedicated. Dedicated. If you want to be a canine mm-hmm. officer, just don't think that. Not even, not even the the care and maintenance of the dog, the training of the dog. Yep. Yes. So, I mean, we we train uh, every day for an hour uh, to meet the the, um, the rider post. Yep. Standards of yep. 16 hours per month of, mm-hmm. of maintenance training. Mm-hmm. So, and for me, I like to go out and train and work my dog so that we can build that comfort level where I know when she goes into a room and it's all clear, mm-hmm. it's all clear. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, and and the biggest thing with new, some of the new handlers that came on to with us is that 
even I had to learn that you have to trust your dog. Yeah. So the the moment when you don't trust your dog, it just it's just gonna it's just gonna be a a, a snowball effect. Yep. So, um, again, I mean, like I said, you have to be dedicated. So don't think it's a it's a it's cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah don't yeah. get me wrong. It's a cool yeah. job. I mean, yeah. you get, especially for the farms, dogs, you get to go to all the hot calls. Yeah. Yeah. But, yep. But it's a lot of responsibility of taking mm-hmm. on and being mm-hmm. a canine handler. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the things that, you, you know, you guys started the program, like you said, a few years after Sandy Hook. Yes. And you still had to work and convince the county and the agency itself that adding dogs was a valuable asset to the agency. And so even with uh, obviously what's happened recently in, in Uvalde, is that it's not? It still requires work to help educate administrations and maybe the school district to the benefit of the use of dogs. And like you guys did, you brought in dogs that had the ability to continue to bridge a gap. It wasn't just this guard dog type thing or reactive dog uh, in the sense that we're going to have this dog that we can bite and do all these things. Because I think, and I'll let you guys speak on it, there's a significant risk when you look at it from the point of view of I have a dog who is uh, going to bite because there's a lot of factors involved in biting in liability and risk management and things like this. And though it may be a good idea and it makes people sometimes have that warm, fuzzy feeling that, oh, this dog can come, will bite and take down somebody. But we know there's so much more involved in just the aspect of that. And then the liabilities and then the practicality of using a dog in an active shooter situation. I'll let you guys talk about the the true benefit of having the detector dog versus that dual purpose dog. And then both of you being in this as long as you have in a school district as cops, the real aspect of truly using a dog that would do apprehension or bite work in a school environment. Okay. Well, let me start off. Um, um I've been both a patrol handler and a detection handler. Mm-hmm. I would take a detection dog anytime over a patrol. It's just a huge liability. Mm-hmm. And nowadays is, I mean, now the, I mean, I, I work with other canine handlers within the county, and basically they can't release a dog unless there's some type of felony oh, yeah. crime. Yeah. So I mean, and and do we really want to have? patrol dogs in schools. Mm-hmm. We want kids to come to us, approach us, and talk to us. Because there's way more involved than just one uh, incident. Said, yeah. Yes. So, I mean, and, and and for us, we have a great partnership with other agencies in the county where if we do need a patrol dog mm-hmm. to go in and search mm-hmm. the schools, we rely on them. Correct. They and have they'll have experience friends. because they, they do that more often. Yes, and they don't mind coming out because they like working their dogs. Yeah. So they get the dogs real, real-time training. So my, my thing is that for schools, if, if you want to start a canine program, I would, I would lean heavily towards detection mm-hmm. and let the experts handle, the, handle the, the patrol part of it. And like you said, it's detection through protection. protection yeah. yeah, you're using the detection to protect Tech, by yes. deploying those dogs, looking for the firearms that are out there, being a deterrent just because the kids know that these dogs exist there's a randomization to your searches. Um, but, Cook, I'll let you add even further to that, I, too. Okay, go ahead. I'm going no, to add one thing. Yeah, go ahead. And and the main reason why we started the K-9 program, I want to say in 2016, 2017, there was a spike in kids 
come to school with, with firearms. Okay. And that's the main reason we started. So, and with the randoms, the kids wouldn't know when we was going to show up. Mm-hmm. And they, don't even, they didn't even know what type of dogs they were. Sure. We had kids dropping drugs in the pool and leaving <laughs> classrooms. So I was like, yep. I'll be laughing because yeah. I'm like, okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's not they they, don't, know, they yeah. don't know that. So yep. it's, more, it's, it's more of a deterrent. Mm-hmm. And and the and the and the um and the firearms students in possession pretty much dropped off in once we started the K nine program. Mm-hmm. But um, again, I, and I say this a thousand times, my my goal as a school police officer is the students, mm-hmm. the the, mm-hmm. the children, and hopefully we will not ever see another event that we witnessed couple months ago yeah so it's just i mean it, it, it's difficult for sure and cook i'll let you add to this too that you know your point of view and what you've seen to this same topics well i run into a lot of people and they ask me what's the difference between school police and metro local agencies and i tell them there's a lot of difference uh being school police just my thing we have a little bit more patience and we speak teenager you know mm-hmm. we we go into it with a different mind state and I can tell you, doing this for 23 years, being a school police officer inside of a school, you have to think about the unforeseen variables, mm-hmm. just unforeseen variables as a police officer, but also when you start dealing with kids. I've had kids that have walked up that have grabbed my equipment or kids that have walked up that have touched my gun. And, you know, I have to talk to them and say, no, that's not appropriate. Hey, don't do that. Mm-hmm. But I'll give you a prime example. When I took Oreo into the very first school, it was the elementary school, and I took him in and I met with the principal. And she said, oh, can we take the dog out to the playground? I said, yeah, we'll walk out there. We walked out to the playground. 50 kids just bum-rushed me. Yeah. And literally, I could (laughs) not see the dog. Like, they were completely on top of him. And this is like my first week with him. And I'm freaking out, even though when they did the assessment of Oreo before they gave him to me, they pulled his tail and took food out of his mouth and stepped on his toes and just checked his overall temperament. Well, when I finally pulled all of those kids away, there was a kid laying on top of him with his arms wrapped around him, bear-hugging him, and Oreo was just laying there with his tongue laid out. Wow. And I could just imagine if that would have been a bite dog. Oh, yeah. That would have been a horrible situation. Oh, no doubt. And so when you take a dog into a school, you not only have to think about the building, but you have to think about the unseen variables as far as how are the kids going to react to that dog? What are the kids going to do? You know, the, a detection dog going into a school is different than a detection dog, even in an airport. Yes. In an airport, you have more of a controlled environment. In a school, there is no controlled environment. Mm-hmm. And if that dog has been trained to bite, if that is what he does, mm-hmm. and something that it's not like, because a lot of people in the civilian sector, they look at a bite dog and they think, oh, the dog learns how to bite and he bites. Mm-hmm. They don't realize the amount of training that that, oh, yeah. that, that, that dog does mm-hmm. on a daily basis mm-hmm. to do that one dog. Yeah. That detection dog trains on a daily basis we train for an hour every day we train Mm -hmm. for about two hours as a team um every month and about four hours with a master handler i mean there's a lot of training that goes into it and that unforeseen variable of being in a school surrounded by all types of kids special needs kids Mm -hmm. kids Mm -hmm. who love police officers kids Mm -hmm. who hate police officers Mm -hmm. kids who love dogs kids who hate dogs there's a, a lot of unseen variables and if you start talking about bringing in a bike dog a patrol dog in an environment like that I just think it's just a huge liability issue. I would never suggest it. Sure. And you guys are bringing up what I would say is very important points, which is the selection of dogs. You guys have to select a really, not just a good detection dog, but we need to select a dog whose temperament is so tolerable of enormous types of conditions that 
you have to account for that. So I'll let you guys talk about, and you kind of hit at it a little bit, but talk about more like the, the importance that you guys went through in selecting and what were the top qualities that you guys looked at when selecting uh, a detection dog to work within a school? Well, when, when it came to, because I don't, I don't remember, I don't, I wasn't a part of the selection process when it came to the initial gun dogs, Mm -hmm. when it came to the narcotics dogs and they brought me in and they said, okay, here's seven dogs. And then of those seven dogs, they checked the temperament and they checked their ball drive and all of these things. And then they brought these last three dogs. Mm -hmm. And then they said, okay, here are these three dogs. You know, Officer Woodland, Officer Harris, they came in and they said, okay, you can, because there was a dog that I wanted that wasn't the dog that I got. Yeah. Like, literally, I picked it. There was a chocolate lab. Okay. That was the same <laughs> that was the same color as us. Yeah. With the same hazel eyes hold on, as Hold on, us. What do you mean same color as Whatever. <laughs> that dog, if Disney turned us into a Disney dog, sure. it would be that dog. Yeah, and yeah, I yeah, was yeah. like, I want that dog. Yeah. And then the handlers came to me and they said, okay, you can take that dog, but realize that dog is going to be a lot of work. And see how skittish he is? Mm-hmm. You don't know if you really want that dog around kids. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. They're like, mm-hmm. now you can take the black and white dog and he'll be great around kids. And he's a great detection dog. And I didn't know the gift that I was getting sure. when I got Oreo as my partner. And yeah. he's been phenomenal at that. Yeah. And, no. you, and you want dogs with a great hunt drive. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and Oreo's, I mean, we, we, for the first four dogs, it wasn't really a dog selection. Yeah. It was like, here's, here's four your dogs. Dog. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and unfortunately for me, I, um, I was assigned to uh, a special, doing something else with, with, um, with Metro, with Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department, mm-hmm. and they say, "Hey, um, we need a canine handler, and there's only one dog left." So. <laughs> <laughs> but I end up getting one of the best dogs in the, in the unit. Um, and, the, and the thing I look for, I do, I, I test their temperament, I pull their ears, mm-hmm. I pull their tails, I accidentally step on their on their on their paws and see yep. what type of reaction I'm going to yeah. get. And same thing with with Diamond, I, I did the exact mm-hmm. same thing mm-hmm. to see how she's going to respond mm-hmm. to kids and. Like I said, you have to have you have to have a lot of patience being a school police officer because you're dealing with elementary school kids, middle school kids, high school kids, and then you have your your special need kids where you know they don't know, you know they're running up to the dog and yes. they don't know the boundaries of of it all. But but again, it takes a special person to be a school police officer. Oh yeah, because I've, I've been out with. Other agencies are like, I don't know how y'all deal with the juvenile. Of course, yeah. But you, you have to have patience with them. I mean, it, and it's it's changing a lot these days because when I was in law enforcement, those that worked the schools were the ones on their way out. They were retiring, mm-hmm. so they wanted that cush gig in a sense where they weren't chasing calls and dealing with bad guys all the time and and they or they had a good background with relationships with the community so that was a really good aspect a good friend of mine uh who i actually is the reason why i became a cop a friend of mine carl tipton same thing he's into youth pastor Mm -hmm. he does a lot of that um and he has been at the high school that I went to as a kid as a high school. You know, his sergeant was my school resource officer. Wow. Then I got into law enforcement because of them. Uh, I did lots of ride-alongs back when they were running a district. The, that's how they, they're in it. The, the school resource officer I had, um, he became the sergeant of the district. I started riding around with Carl. Carl was a road deputy. Carl then, a couple years later, fast forward, takes over, becomes the SRO at the school, and has been there almost ever since. Even retired from the sheriff's office, 
went to be a school teacher, came back to the sheriff's office, and is back at the school again, well, still yes. doing it. Um, now he's just, just, you know, he's just not a dog handler, but he's he's doing what he does as a uh, SRO, and he has his own thing called the uh, Red Suitcase Ministries, which is you know an outreach program. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was again that community relation. People again look at the dog aspect as oh, it's dogs, and I'm going to go out there and fight crime and do those things. It's so much more than that. And like you said, you know, I'm bringing this back to the selection aspect. You know, when I was selecting Diamond for you, I was looking for the dogs that could be integrated into a school environment with, for lack of a better term, chaos that happens, right? So when the school bell rings, kids are running around screaming, doing whatever, and you guys might be in the hall trying to do a search right when that happens, you know? We're in a school right now filming this, and this is one of the schools we come in and train in because this gives us the ability to, one, select dogs, see how they do, two, see how handlers and dogs react when things happen, but then two, or sorry, three, having the dogs in the environment where they're going to go work. You know, uh, your guys' dogs do go out and assist other agencies, and I'll get to that in a second. But the selection was so critical to make this successful that those that are listening, if you're going to get into uh, adding a dog to a school, which is going to be obviously uh, a thing that's going to happen because of all the school shootings we've had recently. But the fact that if you go do this, it's so critical, the selection of the dog. One, to do the job you need to do, detection or whatever you're going to do. Then number two, the PR and the community relations aspect. So that dog that has, I would virtually say, bulletproof nerves, similar to what I went through picking dogs for SEAL teams, which was a total different level of nerve strength. But the difficulty of the environment I would say rivals just in a detection dog world, a school has so much unknown and chaos to it that you have to have a dog that can handle all of this and still want to go to work, you know, still be super social and then go to work. So go ahead. So I, I can honestly say diamond and Oreo, because those are the newest dogs. They are the next generation of dual purpose dogs. Yeah. It's a new it's a new form of dual purpose. Correct. That dog that can do detection, but that dog that also can relate with the community. Yes. And I remember when I first started interacting with Oreo and I was like, okay, you know, how much interaction can this dog have with the public and still be able to work? Is all of this interaction with the public gonna harm his drive? And then one thing that I've learned, which if you ever want to be a handler and you really start to get to know your dog, and Officer Woodland used to tell me all the time, it's going to take about two to three years yeah. before you and your dog really bond. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that I've learned about him is that with Oreo, he doesn't necessarily enjoy the attention. He tolerates mm-hmm. the attention. Mm-hmm. And so when you were talking about the nerves of steel, that's what Oreo does. When kids are rubbing him and saying hi to him and playing with him and, and tossing the ball with him, he's tolerating it, but that's not his desire. Yep. His desire is the tension that he gets from his handler mm-hmm. and from his reward mm-hmm. from playing his favorite game in the whole wide world, which is detection. Mm-hmm. And so that, yeah, they're that next generation right. of and dual purpose And these are the type of dogs, dogs you need that, that's going to go in and do their job first. Mm-hmm. And not be distracted by kids. Yeah, and yep. and that's a good thing. But my dog Diamond is that I can work her off leash into a classroom where she go in and do a sniff or a quick search, and the kids are out, but they in the hallway talking, laughing, and mm-hmm. making noises, and it's not a distraction for her. Yeah, she comes in, she do her job, and then she leaves. Yep. At the same time, 
it's it's a fine line you have to walk. You, you know, it's is this too much letting your dog go out and, and and interact with people all the time? Or it's, so it's a it's a fine line, and and the best person who's going to know that is the handler himself. Yeah. So for me, I walk a fine line. So yep. I, I, I'm a I'm a go getter. So I like to find guns. Sure. So, yeah. Um, yeah. But at the same time, I know that going out into the schools and doing community stuff is one is a top priority for our chief mm-hmm. and 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 I will like I said I want to continue doing that going out and talking to kids and letting them see the dog it's just now I try to put in into a control environment where I control it yeah and 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 do things that I know it's not gonna put my dog I'll take my dog out of her comfort zone. Sure. So it's just a, it's just a fine line. You it's management. Yeah. yeah, management. Just, and 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 I tell guys if you again you if you want to go in K nine, that's great, but don't think having a pointy ear dog that look mean is going to be the right dog for you. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I first got in K nine, I wanted I wanted the meanest, baddest dog. Yeah. There. I like <laughs> you know what I can't manage this thing. Mm-hmm. So I mean. But having a detection dog, which is, I mean, they manageable. They go in, they do their job. At the same time, they can go in and they can bridge that gap where mm-hmm. you can talk to people and use the dog as a tool. Mm-hmm. If, you know, even if, uh, you know, a kid don't like the police. Mm-hmm. Most kids like dogs. Sure. And and I use that to my advantage when mm-hmm. I take my dog into mm-hmm. schools. So, and hopefully, I mean, we continue on. And I think our main goal this year is to to uh, spend more time in elementary and middle school, sure, and 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 have an interaction with those kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Handlers want to have all this cool tactic, like look how tough and rough my dog is, which is taking away that approachable aspect, right? Mm-hmm. Kevin and I know you do too, but. Kevin has the female dog in the two here. <laughs> Kevin's dog is outfitted in a hot pink harness <laughs> with a hot pink collar with a hot pink leash. And I think you even now have, um, what, was it the dog? Uh, you had something else that was, uh, no, the tug toy. That's what it was. It's hot pink tug toy for his dog. So nothing says approachable than a dog walking around in hot pink in little, you know, I think it was even uh, pink and gray camouflage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and I know you've done a lot of things with your dog. Of course, that makes it approachable. I've seen you put stuff on the dog, like little outfits and things like that. Yeah, you know, and even on his Instagram, you know, to be able to see the dog playing in his swimming pool or to be able to see him, you know, in the morning, he does this happy dance and I'll say, what do you need for work? And he goes into another room and grabs his vest and he takes it to the front door and then he takes it in the yard drops in the yard he pees and then after that he takes his vest over jumps in the vehicle and then throws me his vest you know for kids and parents to be able to i mean i've gone into schools and i've had parents that have come to me and said is that oreo my son came home and told me about it i went to a prom that i was working just recently and a kid at the prom said hey are you officer cookie i was like yeah he's like you have officer oreo right i said yeah i said have you ever met him he said no you went to my little brother's elementary school and my little brother came home and told us about it you know, and so to be able to have that 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 avenue to where it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's school police, you know, a lot of times we're put in situations where we have to make tough decisions. But yeah. then on that same token, we're put in a position like Willen said to be able to change lives and to be able to have the ability to be able to sometimes make fun of yourself and be a little bit silly. Yeah. 
it goes a long way as far as being able to reach kids. Yeah. Every gun, every knife, every piece of dope that I ever got before we got canine was because some kid came up to me and said, hey, that kid has her, that kid has her. Hey, I know this kid who has. Mm -hmm. And so the dog just gives us that ability to be even more approachable. Yeah, and that's huge because, you know, the the saying, see something, say something, you have to be approachable to say something, you know? And if they don't feel like they're comfortable to come say something. Like I heard, you know, Johnny was talking about, you know, he was depressed and he might do something. Um, you know, they, they may not say something if they don't feel comfortable to come talk to you guys. Mm -hmm. And by that connection of that dog we talk about, it's far more than detection. You know, it's so much more, but these wonderful detection dogs have created a bridge now to have communication, to have trust yes. between community and law enforcement is huge. So, you know, that that's one of the big things I want people to take away. If you're looking at adding a, a dog program to your school or to any of the programs where kids are kept at or events, it's important to have something that's approachable where people can connect and want to communicate with you. If there's not that ability to communicate with you, we're already fighting an uphill battle as it is. That just makes it that much harder. So um, now I know you guys have had some deployments with your dogs and we'll bring it into some of the detection aspect now. Uh, more recently, I'll start with you, Kevin, because you've had one uh, that was pretty unique. So I'll let you kind of talk about this is Diamond's first deployment. Yes. So I'll let you talk about that and I'll let you tell about one of the other ones too that you've had with your previous dog. Okay. Um, so the, the, the most recent one with Diamond was, I want to say, three or four weeks ago, where um, Henderson Police Department contacted our dispatch center and requested a detection dog for firearm. Um, there was a domestic between boyfriend and girlfriend. Girlfriend went into the bedroom, retrieved a gun, pointed at boyfriend. Boyfriend snatched the gun, and a round went off inside the apartment. Uh, boyfriend took the gun, ran outside, jumped in his vehicle, and um, parked it in the alleyway and jumped out and started walking towards the 7-Eleven. That's when Henderson Police Department made contact with him, and they questioned him, like, where's the vehicle, where's the gun? And he stated that he he was walking. He had no vehicle, <laughs> and, and he only had the gun. So I get out there, so I just backtrack from where they stopped him to where they end up locating his vehicle. So throughout the, the whole search, Diamond, nothing. No no change of behavior, no mm -hmm. nothing for a block and a half. So we get to the vehicle, and I started on the passenger's rear side of the vehicle and walked her around, no reaction. Then um, we got to the driver's side. She got to the driver's side, rear passenger door at the scene, and she did a quick head snap. And then she placed her nose on the scene mm -hmm. and locked up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I like, we got a gun. Yeah. <laughs> so, but the 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 my cover officer, uh, um, Henderson police officer, and she's trying to get into K nine. Yeah. Uh, she got so excited that the dog came off it because. Yeah. <laughs> she, she, so, but it was a good find. Um, but didn't they actually? give you like they were trying to tell you we're, we're pretty sure he tossed it in there they, they were saying he pre-tossed it they was basically most of the time when we get caught out the the they just check in a box that they cover they cover everything that they cleared mm -hmm. the area there was no gun so they wasn't really thinking that the gun was in the vehicle because they they was going to get a search warrant for the for the 
the vehicle. vehicle. Mm-hmm. But w- once the guy knew that my dog gave a positive indication on the mm-hmm. vehicle, he bases the, the, the guns yes, in the there. car. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> and you know, I spoke to the I spoke to the um, the suspect, and, it, and you know, I asked him questions. I, I mean, what was the time lapse from you um, firing off the one the one round and getting into your vehicle? He was like. About thirty seconds. And I was like, "Thank you." Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> so, that odor was that odor was traveling and was seeping out the the rear passenger side. That was the, that was the cool. Well, that was a, that was a cool find. And both my first finds with my other dog mm-hmm. was also a a vehicle on a traffic stop where I got called out by Metro, mm-hmm. and um, they had three suspects in the vehicle, and they wanted. They wanted they they needed PC to get in the vehicle. Okay. So I like I walked around, looked in the vehicle, and I saw a meth pipe mm-hmm. in the back seat. I'm okay. Like, That's your PC yeah, right we're there. We're in yeah, now. Yeah, but yeah. you know what? I'm gonna run my dog. Sure. So it was a windy day. So it was blowing north to south. So I I I started my dog on the passenger side, and luckily for me, um, the metro officers left the vehicle. In the condition where they get the suspects got out the vehicle, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the doors open, the windows yep. down. Mm-hmm. So we was walking around. Again, we walked around, and um, we and King conducted his search, and we got to the rear passenger side by the trunk, and again a head snap, mm-hmm. and he was trying to get in the vehicle. And I'm like, okay, you got your PC. There's a gun in this yep. vehicle somewhere. Yeah. And they ended up searching the vehicle. There was a boom box, a boom box in the trunk. And underneath the boom box, there was a sawed-off shotgun. Okay. So we ended up recovering a gun, and once they questioned, the female pretty much told us everything, that it was they was going out and committing a robbery. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the gun belongs to this guy. Yep. He was going to go and, and, and rob a drug dealer. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. And, and that was cool. It's cool because other agencies, like, this is the first time we caught, you know, Utilize a firearm uh, dog in this dog, case, probably. Utilize yeah. a dog, but actually come out and helping us find guns. Mm-hmm. So, and I mean, it's a great feeling. And um, again, it's just a partnership with all agencies. They, I mean, they provide services to us. And, and my thing is, why not we do the same? If yeah. we need them to go in and search a building yep. late at night for for a burglar, and they don't hesitate doing it. So why should we hesitate going out there and assisting them finding guns? Sure. No. So. And and and, in, and what what happens now with when when you have a new program like you guys had, you know, firearms dogs, which weren't very common, no. um, and they still aren't common when you look at the stats between bomb dogs, drug dogs out there. Firearms dogs are still a lower number, but you have to go out there and get work. You know, you need to be able to utilize that dog because depending on where you're at, you may not get a lot of use as a firearms dog. We're seeing the same thing right now with the electronic detection dogs, the ESM dogs. It's hard for them to get work because people don't know how to use them yet. So it's on the handlers to create relationships, let other resources know, hey, I exist. I have this dog that can do this, in this case, firearm you know, detection. And when you get that fine, they're mm-hmm. going to they, keep calling you back. Of course. Yeah. That, 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 they, they, they want, you know, they've, they've got an asset now uh, that can help mm-hmm. them solve crimes or, or you know, and do their job. And we and we and we go out when Metro serve, search warrants, Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department, they serve the search warrants and SWAT go in and clear the house first. You know, I remember being there waiting for them to clear the house, and you, and one of the SWAT members came out and said, "Hey, I, I'm sorry, but you know, we tore up the house and we 
found it. Good. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> they, they found it before you could do anything about yeah. it. So yeah. Like, yeah. Sure. like it, it, it is what it is. Yeah. But I mean, I had a lot of cool finds where even with teenagers, um, I remember going and Sister Metro and we found like, I want to say like five or six guns. Mm-hmm. And what they did, they painted the guns orange to make them look like toys. Oh, wow. And, and, and they were real guns. Yeah. And there wasn't a backpack. It was like five of them. Wow. So this is what kids are doing now with these guns. Yeah. No, and, and I what's something that you guys have seen um, that where the dogs have made fines in the schools, um, whether it is something as small as shell casings or something like a firearm or, you know, any instance where um, the use of the dogs in the school resulted in locating or making a school safe because of that deployment? Um, I want to say this, was it, the, I want to say the second year of our program, um, there was a call from one of the high schools that a kid was in possession of a firearm. So they ended up finding the kid in the cafeteria. Mm-hmm. Um, they patted him down for weapons, no firearm. Mm. So we went to the, the classroom that he was assigned to, and my dog conducted a free sniff of the ear and gave a positive indication on his backpack. Mm. And, and wholly below, there was a firearm in his backpack. So yep. that was one of the first finds in, um, in, in the school. And actually, there was a second one, which was a good one, where I think it was your school. You was a campus officer then at Clark mm-hmm. High School. Yes. Um, my former partner, Officer Ferguson, and I was just finished up training. Okay. And um, the assistant principal said, hey, hey, that guy right there, he don't belong here. He's been suspended or expelled from school. I guarantee you he got drugs or guns. Mm-hmm. You need to stop him. So um, we we went and made contact with this guy. And so as we was calling him out of the classroom, he handed his backpack off to another student. So um, we ended up taking him in custody. I'm taking the backpack. I'm like, it's heavy. Mm-hmm. There was a, there was a boom box in it also. Okay. So I threw it on the ground, and and Officer Ferris, he ran her dog on the backpack, and the dog gave a positive indication on uh-huh. on on a firearm. So those was the, I mean, yeah. I mean, it, it was cool to take, and, and this kid, a 17 year old kid. I mean, he had multiple felony charges already. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, I mean, and Metro was looking at him again for um, a home invasion. Mm-hmm. So, but it's it's pretty cool that, you know, that we can go into schools and and do things like this. And it's not only, it sends the message to kids. Mm-hmm. You don't know when we're going to show up. Sure. Mm-hmm. So, it, I mean, and, yeah. and it, it kind of, and we saw after we started the K-9 program that, Students and possession of firearms kind of dropped off. Oh yeah, so so there's there's actually statistical results yes that have been beneficial to the mm-hmm. safety because of what you guys have done by having dogs present and not only making fines but the deterrent value that the dogs present to this. Now, Cook, I know you have a very yours is even more unique because you have a drug dog and yes. pa- a lot of times parents don't want to deal with the fact that Johnny or Jane may have a drug problem 
And when people or, or schools say we have drug dogs in schools, there's sometimes a knee-jerk reaction to that. People are, oh, I don't want a drug dog in my school. Mm -hmm. They're just there to harass the kids, yes. um, things of that nature. Talk about the pluses and the difficulties you have to go through as a drug dog handler working in a school. Okay. Well, I, I can tell you, as far as presentations go, let's, let's start off on the elementary school level. Yep. When I go into an elementary school and I do a presentation, one of the things that I talk about is I talk about what Oreo does. I talk about that Oreo is a detection dog and he finds meth, heroin, and cocaine. So I, I put that out there. And then I talk about Oreo has friends and he has friends that find guns. And when I say he has friends that find guns, the kids are like, wow, a dog can find guns? And I say, yeah. And Oreo has a brother who finds SIM cards. Mm -hmm. Find SIM cards? Yeah, the little card that's in your cell phone. That, well, where does he work? Well, he works for the prison looking for cell phones. Did you guys know that if you go to jail, you can't have a cell phone? You can't be on TikTok? You can't be? <laughs> the elementary school kids are like, wait, if I go to jail, I can't have a cell phone? And then I talk about, you know, Oreo has a sister who finds bed bugs. Yeah. And he has another brother who finds bombs. Uh -huh. And so in the elementary school, when the kids find out that the dog can smell for drugs, the dog can smell for guns, the dog can smell for SIM cards, the dog can smell for... When the kids find out that it's a huge deterrent as far mm -hmm. as the elementary school kids, mm -hmm. and then they pass that up to the middle school kids, and they talk to the middle school kids and say, hey, did you know this? So when I do presentations at middle schools, as far as high schools go, you know, Oreo has had a, de uh, a deployment where he found a meth pipe in the back of a truck when he first, when I first had mm -hmm. it. Um, my hope, my goal is, is that when I take Oreo in and we do a random search and Oreo goes through the classroom and he does hit on a backpack, if there's drugs in that backpack or if there's not drugs in that backpack, it opens up the door to be able to bring that kid in and say, hey, listen, my dog gave a positive indication on your backpack of these three drugs. Mm -hmm. So either you have these three drugs or you've had these three drugs. Mm -hmm. How can we get you some help? Yep. You know, yep. our goal is not to arrest, transport, it's not and lock punishment. Up it's about no, yeah. It's prevention before apprehension. Mm -hmm. We want to give a kid every avenue to be able to get the help that they need before mm -hmm. it comes into. And so, parents, when I start talking to them and I explain to them what we do while we're there, that we're not there looking to be able to destroy your kid's life or or take them down a pathway that they don't want to go through. A lot of parents and a lot of teachers and a lot of administrators become even more receptive to having the dogs come in. Yeah. They see it more of as a preventative measure than anything else. Yeah, for sure. And and there's the whole aspect these days now with the whole vape pens Yes. and all of that. How has that uh, been a factor for you guys in law enforcement and within the aspect of dealing with um, some narcotic aspect to that too? Well, unfortunately, you know, with our dogs being detection dogs and them finding the the meth, the heroin, the cocaine, mm -hmm. you know, um, fortunately, a lot of kids don't understand what the dog does in detail. Sure. And so I went into a school just recently to do just a random search. And so the teacher goes in and she tells the kids, hey, um, your classroom has been selected for a random search. I need you to leave all your belongings and step out in the hallway. And so all the kids step out in the hallway. One of the young ladies gets out in the hallway and she immediately has an asthma attack. Mm. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. I need mm -hmm. my inhaler. So we let her go back in the classroom to get her inhaler. She gets her inhaler and she slips her inhaler in the sleeve of her jacket. <laughs> and so when she walks out, I'm like, young lady, come here. And she drops a vape pen out of her, a THC vape pen out mm. of her, out of her jacket. Mm -hmm. And so the dog's going in and being that deterrent with kids not knowing what Diamond does, what Ace does, what yeah. Marley does, what Alfie does not healthy, but mm -hmm. not knowing what the dogs do, mm -hmm. it's a huge deterrent as far as trying to get them to keep 
those things out of the school, even though the dogs don't primarily search for those things. Yeah, no. And the other part I was going to ask is how has the reaction from the parents been for the dog program and more recently with the addition of mm -hmm. narcotics dogs? Between the school board and the parents, how have you guys navigated all of that? So I'm, I'm on the school board protection detail, and so I'm pretty much at almost every school board meeting. And I can tell you that when I go to the meetings, I have Oreo there, and I have a lot of interaction with a lot of the parents and a lot of the superintendent, a lot of the board members, mm -hmm. um, just a lot of interaction with the public. And the reception has been incredible. Yeah. They are really, really happy to be able to have, especially the gun dogs, mm -hmm. but they're becoming more and more uh, excited at the notion of narcotics dogs, even to the point where I've had a lot of parents say, well, you guys have gun dogs and you have narcotics dogs. Do you have bomb dogs? Because, mm -hmm. you know, are you guys going to get bomb dogs? Mm -hmm. Well, we don't know. But by having the gun dogs and the program starting initially with the gun dogs four years ago yeah. and now the introduction of the narcotics dogs, it's becoming almost the norm for the mm -hmm. dogs to be in the school. It's becoming the new norm. Yeah. No. And just to give perspective uh, for the listeners and the ones watching, how large is CCSD police or the Clark County School District Police? How many officers is it? And the, how much, basically, how many schools do you guys cover? I think right now we're pushing, what, 180 officers? About 180. And we covered 352 elementary, middle, and high schools. We're the fifth largest school district fifth in the country. country. Yeah. And I think now we took the responsibility of covering the charter schools. I believe so. Yeah. I believe, yeah. So, yeah, yep. it's, a, I mean, we go from, you don't know the area, so, <laughs> I mean, we can go from Searchlight to yep. Mesquite to yep. Lofton. Yeah. So, and for we, those that don't know, that's hours of driving. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So that, that's, that tells you, you know, you guys are bigger than a lot of departments that are out there, just your standard departments. And with that size, you guys have uh, a six dog program. So um, in, in that, in many cases, probably not even near enough dogs still to cover, you know, what you guys should cover or have to cover. And, and I hope it grows, obviously. I think this is a good uh, tool, not only like we were talking about as this podcast began with that community outreach or outreach program, but also just that, like you said, that protection mm -hmm. aspect through detection and prevention before apprehension. Yes. And those are important aspects for those that are thinking about getting into, uh, or if you're an agency looking to add a uh, canine to your, your school program, it's a huge asset that has more than just the protection aspect. It's a really good tool to connect with your community again. Um, I can't thank you guys enough for coming on, taking the time to come on here. Again, I, I really appreciate it, you guys. Thanks for, for doing this. And there we go. Let's fucking do that. There you go. Hold on. There's your audience. You can wave to your audience, you guys. <laughs> no, seriously, I, I really appreciate you guys coming on and taking the time and sharing uh, this information. Because this is not something that was normally known to not only law enforcement, in a sense, but the community at large, what you know, school, police, canine teams do. So thank you guys for doing that. I really appreciate it. And thank you for having us. Yeah, thank yeah. you for the opportunity. Absolutely. Happy to do it. Well, everybody, as usual, thank you for joining Canines Talking Sense, where it's okay to be nosy. <laughs> <laughs>